Welcome to our Early Years Conversations podcast. It's been a little while, but we are back. Myself, Kate Moxley, and the very wonderful Kerry Payne. Hello, Kerry. How are you today? Hello, Kate. I am I'm okay. Very tired um, with the never-ending year. Um, but no, I'm glad that we are back and recording. We, we obviously took a little break because we had so much going on. Usually summer is for relaxing, but this summer has not not been relaxing whatsoever and now we're all trying to get our engines going for the new academic year so so yeah I'm, I'm good uh good and getting there is what I would say how are you feeling good and getting there that's a good uh um a good description yeah I think I think I think I'm good I feel well in myself like you say what a funny old little strange year it feels like a weird like blur of a time like mm. if i try to think back to the time when we kind of went into lockdown and we started the podcast that feels like a really long time ago but at the same time it doesn't feel like long, long ago all in the same in in the same um way so um yeah, I mean, I had, like you said about summer, usually I'm quite fortunate that I managed to get the majority of the summer off and spend it, you know, with my daughter. But this summer I've probably worked more than ever because actually I didn't work for a long period of time and I adapted my work to do online delivery, which is, which is what I've been doing. Um, but then we got a little cheeky week away, so I didn't do anything for a week. I feel like I've done less, but more. <laughs> and I don't know if that makes any any sense. It's all a bit strange. So um, I think, yeah, we had a little break, didn't we, with the podcast? And now we're kind of returning and, like you said, gearing up for this like, autumn term. But it feels like a really strange time because almost doesn't feel like we've been away either. So, no, and one of the things that I'm trying to kind of process at the moment because I think that we're all guilty of it and we're all at the receiving end of it and I have moaned about this throughout um throughout lockdown is that everyone seems to be still expecting everybody else to act it's that keep calm and carry on mentality isn't it that we've under so I feel like everybody internally is kind of melting down a little bit but then trying to present like oh we're keeping calm we're carrying on um, and I think that's that's definitely taken its toll on me during lockdown and with this imminent return to face-to-face -to -face teaching and and even things like going out to restaurants or going to the shops everything feels a bit like you put a post on this morning um, on Instagram with a teacher carrying loads of baggage and I honestly like looked at it and I was like that is so representative of what I'm feeling is that I'm just carrying around all these kind of very big weights but then equally I've also seen lots of positive things happen for people during lockdown like lots of self-discovery people focusing on projects that they wanted to focus on connecting via the internet and seeing the value of digital technology so I think you're carrying this baggage this emotional baggage at the same time as I think everyone's seeking to find meaning in what's happened so I'm definitely one of those kind of philosophical types where I'm like, there must be meaning to this. I must find some purpose in, in the horrors of, of lockdown. And yeah, so I just, I would say probably similar to everybody else I'm speaking about. I'm just all over the place with 
not really I don't know I don't know how you feel about it but like new normals return to normals easing of lockdown measures restrictions of lockdown measures local areas going into lockdowns I'm kind of like I don't know me arse from me elbow is essentially how I felt it's like just don't know and then like obviously we spoke earlier on about um like before we started recording is that people are at, at different levels in their return to normality journeys and that is very very weird I don't know how that's felt for you, kind of seeing people simultaneously but existing at at different levels. Well, yeah, I mean, it's really weird. So this week my daughter went back to school and my husband's pretty much in the office every day now. Um, He said he was going to try and work from home on a Friday, but since he said that, that's that's not happened. So today is the first day that I'm like at work delivering training from my kitchen and it felt like it was some kind of normal because you know Evie's back at school Joe's at work as I said and then um you know someone came to deliver something and they had a mask on and they kind of nearly you know they jumped in the air when I opened the door and looked like I was going to get towards them and it was a bit like oh okay hold on like this isn't normal being on my own in the house delivering training to you know 10 different people via a screen which has become my current reality is not normal um connecting and working with people only virtually is still not normal so in some respects it's exciting because it was like evie's back at school joe's back at work i'm looking forward to this kind of normality some semblance of normality and then it's like this isn't normal you switch on the radio it's like or well, wales part of wales is back in lockdown um you know my local um you know town solely hall they're talking about the rates rising and you know you've got some people saying i don't give a stuff about coronavirus now i'm not wearing my mask i don't care and then like you just said then other people are still shielding some people so like everyone's reality is different and it's so weird because it all kind of contradicts itself, like how you feel about it all. Yeah, and I um, spoke to my therapist last week because I feel like for the last few weeks in particular, every therapy session when it starts, I do this thing with my therapist where I go, is it me? Am I overreacting? Am I being dramatic? Should we still be going out? Is it, is it reasonable to ask me to, to go to work? And every week it kind of goes, it recognises that, that it's okay to feel those fears because you, I keep saying to him, I feel like when I speak to people and I share that I, I, I'm not ready to do that, that they think I'm being dramatic, but 46,000 people have died. And it's, I think, and that's that kind of keep calm and carry on mentality. Again, it comes back to you where, and again, I've been very, very judgmental of um, social media users and I shouldn't be, but you know, when you see people doing normal things, I think the judgmental aspect comes from the envy of going, oh, you're, you're getting to a place where you feel okay going like on holiday or going for a day out. And I kind of go, oh, and then actually I'm realizing it's because I'm envious because I definitely, and this is what I've been taught to my therapist about, is I've I've developed a fear, a real fear. So even planning to go back to work, there's this very small component of me that's like, yes, I get to go and teach in person again. But then at the same time, I'm horrified that someone's expecting me to leave me house. So it's like what you've just said there, it's those contradictory elements. And I think the reality is, and I've seen this in a lot of practitioners and teachers, is for them they're then seeing us that have been indoors for so long and they kind of go, I've been out here all along, you know, kind of. So I think for a lot of our practitioners, I really, really 
just take me kind of hat off to the fact that they have shown such resilience because I think that's something that has been really overlooked as we know on a national scale it's been overlooked but I think we need to be having more conversations around how the childcare sector has shown an insane amount of resilience to this whilst keeping young children's emotional um, well-being at the heart of what they do ensuring that they're still having the best type of experiences when they do go in and I think you see a lot of sensationalization on, on social media rather than those more heartwarming stories of, of the I don't know I just felt really emotional this week seeing all the back to school photos and kind of thinking that teachers practitioners have made that possible um, and I do think that that really does need to be recognized and, and we're never going to get that recognition from a government but you know from parents and from colleagues and from friends that you have we need to be telling each other you've done bloody well like this is this is an absolute kind of yeah medal of a badge of honor <laughs> that, that level of resilience well yeah absolutely because you know within the early years it's so varied isn't it so if you think about some schools broke up some schools were closed so when I'm like delivering training and meeting people online I'm saying how many people were furloughed how many people have had any time off who carried on who was open all the way throughout and like you say everybody's circumstance everybody everybody's experience has been very difficult and I think, um, you know, because we've had to navigate through such different circumstances, you know, if you're a childminder in your own home, that would have felt very scary too, because it's not just your health, it's your family's health. And like you've just said, you know, doing the role that you do, you know, as a lecturer, you know, it, it's not like you're going into an office and working in a small bubble. Even the bubbles that we are, you know, bubble, 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 um, how many times are you going to hear the word? But even if you're working in a school or an earlier setting whatever it is those bubbles are still lots of humans and working with children and all sorts of different things there's so many different things that come with it and I think we're very easy to criticize aren't we and like you said unfortunately social media it sensationalizes things and it shows us the downside and the negative of stuff but actually we should feel really proud of ourselves even like the tiny steps going back to work you know um meeting new children families I mean the wonderful things that I've seen from like you know my friend's children went into year one last week and they had somewhat like this wonderful big pencil that said welcome back to year one and they were all posing in front of it. it was obviously really exciting like we're thinking outside the box in different ways to take care of each other to make each other smile and feel happy and I suppose it's trying to do stuff like that really isn't it because um, you know, everybody's reality, everybody's, and I don't like the phrase new normal, but everybody's, everybody's day is different and every day is different too. Exactly that. And I think you've hit the nail on the head. What you're seeing in both, you know, the childcare sector and the school sector, because <clears throat> God, I'm joking. Sometimes I think I can judge schools for being a little bit too academically driven, but actually I think across sectors, we've seen the power of relational approaches and you know you can go onto instagram where you can speak to a colleague so i was speaking to a colleague yesterday and he was saying you know i was like how did your first few days go and you know what have you been focusing on and he was like my only focus is making sure that those children when they walk in is that they feel safe and secure and and I know we've spoke about this prior to pandemics and lockdown the importance of, of secure attachments and children feeling safe but it's not been 
lost, um, not been lost at all. Have you got a dog that's trying to get attention? <laughs> I've got a dog that's snoring really loudly next to me. And obviously now, because I'm the only person in the house, there's nowhere else I can put them without them making even more noise to get to me. So I've got some like little post-it notes. And because she's deaf, she can't hear me. So I'm just trying to gently drop the post-it notes, hopefully disturb the snore. But I suppose it's all part of our um, charm, isn't it? This real life, like working from home, trying to adapt. We're, we're only human. Nobody's yeah. perfect. It's okay to have a snoring dog in a podcast, isn't it? Definitely. And I think, <laughs> you know, I, I think one of the things that, um, and I am, obviously, as you know, Kate, I'm a total oversharer um, and I'm kind of warts and all anyway. But what I have enjoyed is that we've, we've all had to be a bit warts and all throughout um, lockdown. People have had to share their vulnerabilities and their worries. And um, I think... I think we have seen that increase in in compassion. I do. Obviously, there are there are corners of the world where we haven't seen that, but um, I I think we have seen an increase in compassion and people giving each other a break. And and dare I say it, I think people have, have been kind enough to go. Oh, this is difficult for everyone. And you know, where, where we don't see it, sometimes you know, there has been a couple of events where I've kind of gone, wow people are still expecting the same level from each other, even in a lockdown. And I've definitely, as a, as a teacher, felt that, you know, people still expecting the level of teaching from me that I would provide in normal circumstances. And that can really, oh, it can really weaken, it can really weaken your confidence in your self-esteem because you're kind of, you're kind of gasping for air to be able to do better for people and to not ever let anyone down. And I suppose kind of the advice for when people do have those high expectations of others is, well, don't. <laughs> yeah. Also, we, we, we also put ourselves under so much pressure too. And I think sometimes you don't even realise it. So just like that, that self-awareness of, um, you know, so I, as an example, I've spoken before about, you know, when I was a manager in a setting, I didn't realise that I'd worked myself into the ground because I was trying to prove I was good enough to, to be that manager, that I was good enough to be there. And so sometimes we have these different things where we put pressure on ourselves. We have to appear to be perfect or, you know, we don't get things wrong. And, and actually, you know, when we go into either a new school year or we're starting a new job or whatever it is, because also I've discovered lots of people, especially in early years, have, have been made redundant. I've met lots of people online who are starting new job roles. So with that comes additional pressure, um, not just for the new person starting that role, but the leadership team recruiting, inducting and training new staff members during a, a return to work during a pandemic. I mean, that's, just so unusual so you know I think I shared this really wonderful quote um a week or so ago about you know going into this school into this school year or this academic year however we want to look at it um with, with different goals and just adjusting them um you know we've spoken a lot we've spoken before I think about like Maslow and you know what we all need and we're still kind of a little bit we still need that basic um, you know, those basic care needs, don't we? We just need connection. We need to take care of our physical health, our mental health, um, and, you know, just have a little bit more compassion. And I think this whole weird COVID time has um, enabled us to develop more empathy for one another because everyone recognises we've all had something rubbish happen. We've all had something difficult. And whether we can't fully... Um, understand what that is because we haven't personally experienced that same thing we know how it's felt to have missed things lost things grieved all sorts of different ways so 
Wow. Yeah. yeah. And um, like a, a personal example of that is <clears throat> my mum is a, um, well, she's worked in childcare forever essentially she's 60 so she was shielding during lockdown and then she did get suspected coronavirus which we since have found out she didn't so I don't know what was up with her but um I didn't accuse her of dramatics or anything but she was shielding because she has a lung condition and so she's been out of work she's been at home and it's been a really difficult time because we had a big bereavement as well at the beginning of the year and she went back to work in a new job because she also um, found herself out of work because of a health situation so she started a new job in I think she started it two weeks ago and my mum trained me she's absolute phenomenal practitioner and um, really really good dead confident dead knowledgeable you know I learned everything from her and honestly the amount of phone calls like with her having just an absolute crisis of confidence and feeling really insecure and not really knowing and, and obviously with her age as well she was kind of like I just don't know if I'm too old for all this now and, and it was really really difficult for her and and the anxiety that built up and, and she went in she was absolutely fine I knew she would be she kind of sprinkles her magic fairy dust everywhere and and she said you know obviously it wasn't as bad as you envisage it's going to be but you know kind of almost seeing somebody that I I've always seen as very, very strong and confident and resilient and kind of unwavered when it comes to childcare. She's never, never seen her anxious around that job, but what this has done to a lot of people, and I definitely have felt it. I don't know about you, Kate, you almost kind of go, who am I now? Like what, you know, particularly because, and I've been teaching at home, I'm still teaching, but I'm like, oh, but I'm a, I'm a really still a lecturer because I just do it from me, me home computer. And you, you lose a bit of your identity because if your drive is out there being active in childcare and out there training or being a consultant or whatever it might be, you've got, you, you physically embody that role as a practitioner or as a trainer. So when you're doing it from your seat in your bedroom or in your homemade office, you suddenly, I do think your identity, your, your formation of your identity, your self-esteem just becomes very, very fragile. And, and seeing that in my own mom was kind of like, oh, well I've learned from you. So, you know, book up and kind of, and she was fine. But it, I think it really did speak to me of, we've all got to kind of find ourselves again and find our, our purpose and, and value ourselves I think not lose value or, or sight of, of what we have achieved before and within lockdown yeah and I suppose that's like it's baby steps isn't it because actually being kind to ourselves like being full throttle or going back to comparing where we were before we broke up or where we were in the summer or where we were this time last year and what things were like previously it's not going to be helpful for for anybody is it it's just like you know that whole kind of mentality of you know rather than focusing on the whole staircase it's just the first step and reminding ourselves of things and we've spoken before I think about the earlier sector and you know, through some of my experiences and the training that I've delivered, I think as a sector, we can lack uh, in, in self-confidence, lack in self-esteem and have a low sense of self-worth. And so actually it's about, uh, you know, how we support one another through this time, focusing on things that we're good at, really knowing that. And, and you know, I know lots of settings have talked about like doing wellness recovery action plans or wellness plans. You know, what are you focusing on? And, and also then in turn, what are you sharing with parents that you are prioritizing in terms of the mental health and well-being of not just the staff, but like the children, your whole communities? 
yeah i absolutely agree and, and i've supported a few parents of, of children with SEND, and that has been the big conversation is around making sure that you are so communicative to your parents because what i think is very very important is that it it's a cohort it's a group and a community of children and teachers in the jobs that they're doing at the moment they have to recognize when they've got a group of children that every single child's individual experience will have differed and it's about how you create that group cohesion and you ensure that every child is given that equitable opportunity to develop resilience safety and security and you know i've had a, a couple of situations where I've had to say to like parents, just be mindful that teachers like will have been absolutely losing sleep over the last few months to make sure that this transition is going to be as smooth as possible. Um, and so, yeah, I think if you're a teacher or a practitioner, just be very clear what your what your objectives are. Children feeling in a, a state of wellness that they can, you know, they have a good sense of well-being and a good sense of well-doing in their everyday actions. And I think that that's what's that is what is important as I think as a kind of a, a summary point. Yeah, of course. So we're, we're just doing a kind of a short and snappy, but I'm not sure 25 minutes is short and snappy, but 25 minutes kind of, you know, coming back, checking in, see how we're feeling, you know, and, and, you know, we've got some exciting plans for the future of our podcasts and the conversations that we want to have with people. So I suppose if you're listening to this podcast, we'd love to hear people's thoughts, feelings, ideas, subject matters, um, if anyone's interested in a podcast takeover, um, any anything really um, as a way of connecting um, with each other um, is, a, is, is kind of where our thoughts are at the moment. Um, is there anything that you, I'm going to put you on the spot now, <laughs> so I was going to say, um, one of the things we talked about was at ending each podcast and sharing something that we've read recently or something that we've enjoyed with regard to kind of professional development or or even personal development, whatever that might be. Are there any podcasts or anything that stands out for you, Kerry? Uh, oh, do you know what I would advise somebody to watch? Um, there is a talk that I watched. I was um, signposted by somebody else, but there is a talk by um, Bettina Love, and it is called, I think it's called like Hip Hop and Education. Um, it's on YouTube. It's a TED Talk. It does it does um, talk around race and uh, race and rights, but there are much broader messages around the importance of letting children be who they are, and that has been my watch of the week that has made me just feel like, woo! That is, yeah. I like yeah. that watch of the week. So Bettina Love, um, I think we've mentioned um, on previous podcasts and her, her work um, that we had um, listened to and enjoyed. Um, so, so yeah, that sounds fabulous. And I think that's a wonderful way to end really, isn't it? Because so often, you know, children show up in our settings and staff show up in our settings and we expect them to all be bright, breezy, all being fine and ready to start the day. And actually mm -hmm. we're all going to be feeling you know different types of ways like we might not want to come in and <laughs> and just get on with what we normally did in the past and it's mm -hmm. about being able to hold those spaces and showing up just exactly as we are so that's a wonderful way to end the podcast uh, mm -hmm. so thank you Kerry thank you to everyone listening today and we look forward um, to hearing some feedback from you all and ideas of things that we can do for the future yay speak to you soon bye